You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the war, 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 all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into yet another arousing edition of the Views from Mint Street podcast, your home for all the Carolina Panther talk you can possibly stand. And then just a little bit more. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show in Greenville, South Carolina, right here in the heart of Panther country. And of course, joining me as always on the other side of the metaphorical digital glass, my co-host on that show and this, ladies and gentlemen, he is the great one. He is Lonzo Rightly, and uh, come on, man, come on, come on. You know what it is? You just you're so excited about the news that we're going to talk about that you forgot my name. It's it's okay. So it turns out. Let me tell you what actually happened for the nobody who cares. Uh, Rightly is the last name of the drummer in my band, and we were talking about our next round of gigs right before we started recording this. So I've I've got the band on the brain which means we're ready to rock and roll on this podcast boom see what i did there i did yeah i just want to say how long have you had that in your back pocket just in case always always a professional is always ready lonzo wright so co-host on the rob brown show and the views from midstreet podcast all right let's jump into it and obviously you have heard the news at this point ladies and gentlemen the next head coach of your carolina panthers has officially been named. Frank Reich is the new HC. There is a little bit of drama going on around the passing over of Steve Wilkes. We will get to that coming up in just a few minutes from now. But I will start with this, Lonzo Reitzel. On the Rob Brown Show, which you can find the podcast edition of at thefanupstate.com if you find yourself so inclined. Uh, we had another one of our pants, uh, Panther experts on to talk football with us, and he raised a very valid question. He said, with the hiring of Frank Wright, who would you argue is the best head coach in the division right now, right? You got Arthur Smith in Atlanta. You got Dennis Allen in New Orleans. You got Todd Bowles in Tampa. And now you add Frank Reich in Carolina. And I went looking because I was very curious about this. Now, Arthur Smith, Todd Bowles, and Dennis Allen all have not enormous sample sizes, but all of them have been head coaches for multiple seasons. In the entire NFC South, Lonzo, there is one head coach that has a plus 500 record in a head coaching career. Arthur Smith with Atlanta is 14 and 20. Todd Bowles in Tampa is 34 and 51. And Dennis Allen with New Orleans is hilariously 
15 and 38 as a head coach. Frank Reich is 41, 35, and one. I have been saying for a while, I truly, genuinely, honestly believe that this football team was a quarterback and a head coach away from being able to turn the corner. The Carolina Panthers have, and I think I can say that this is now objective, not subjective, now have the best head coach in the NFC South. Yeah, when that was brought up earlier today, right away, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you start looking at the numbers and things, and even stat guy, I want to know what's the stats. That guy can look at it and go, yeah, that's an accurate statement. It absolutely is. He's the best coach in the NFC South. So what kind of team is he going to put together? I cannot wait for this. But uh, what does it say when you come in to a, a situation, a job situation after being let go, and you're automatically better than everybody else? Uh you look at it two ways. You look at it go, man, that place is it's it's the NFC South. That must be the worst in the entire NFL. Correct, which it is. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm happy about this hire. You know, there were a few names that I was more interested in than the rest. I, I cannot certainly say that with the exception of Jim Harbaugh early in the selection process, I can't really say that there was any one name that I looked at and went, that's the guy, that's the hire. Harbaugh felt that way. Maybe to some degree, Sean Payton felt that way, but I didn't really feel like there was that one guy. I went, that is the dude. That is the guy. We got to grab that guy. But there were names that I was intrigued by Ben Johnson, uh, the offensive coordinator for Detroit uh, was one of them. Steichner out of Philly was one of them. Uh, Dorsey out of Buffalo as the OC was one of them. And yes, like it or not, Steve Wilkes to some degree uh, was one of them. But when Frank Reich's name uh, came up for the first time, and I really got to kicking it around, you know, we talked about the checklist that we have for Carolina's next head coach. I want a guy who's not just got experience but has success as a head coach. Harbaugh, Peyton were both that. Frank Reich is that. I wanted a guy who had experience grooming quarterbacks, raising quarterbacks up to the next level of play. Jim Harbaugh had that. Sean Payton had that, although he had Drew Brees, so a bit of a cheat. But Frank Reich has that. And I wanted a guy that I thought had experience in running a program with some level of authority, not a guy who was a a, a uh, welcome mat for the GM and the head or in the in the owner. And I think Frank Reich is that as well. The dude, frankly, clicks every box that I said that we wanted, but there was hesitancy, obviously, because of the way that his tenure ended in Indianapolis. And then to finish up that thought. I told uh, I told you on the show this AM, and I'll say it here as well. With everything that's going on with the Indianapolis Colts right now, uh, the bringing in of Matt Ryan that turned out to be a bit of a disaster, the firing of Frank Wright, despite the fact that he was far from the worst record in the NFL at the time, three five and one when he was let go, and the developments in the story of Jeff Saturday 
getting actually being the first coach to get a second interview with the Indianapolis Colts while Jim Ursay is making the rounds in the media telling everybody, I want Saturday as the new head coach. Everybody else can just shove off if they don't like that. It feels to me like Jim Ursay is beginning to enter Jerry Jones territory. That is, I am the owner and therefore I am smarter than everybody else and therefore my decisions are the right decisions to roll with and the hiring the firing of Frank Reich something that at least as far as I was able to tell most Indianapolis fans were upset about looks more and more like a Jim Irsay power move instead of this is a bad coach not in control of the program getting pushed out which makes me believe that Frank Reich was a guy who really got fired by circumstance not because of merit or lack of performance which makes me a little more excited that he is going to come into Carolina, Alonzo, with something to prove about his reputation. Oh, absolutely. And you're right. The more Ursay talks, the more crazy he kind of sounds. And uh, I, I don't know. Uh, when it comes down to it, I mean, he owns that that franchise. So he can make the choices that he makes. Uh, him firing Frank Reich, I think, was a mistake. And I think Frank Reich has a chance to come in and prove what a mistake it was. He's got a chance to get in on a very young team, uh, hopefully help make some decisions that will uh, help the team do some other things that will push us forward. I, um, I'm i looking forward to and, – and I would have been happy with just about anybody who was an offensive mind because I don't remember an offensive mind ever in, in Carolina. And I, I want it's always been defensive guys. I want to see an offensive guy and, and and what he can do. And if you look at the playoffs right now, uh wouldn't you say all four teams are offensive minded teams? Yeah, I think I, I mean very, yeah. I, I, you you can't you can't San Francisco, you could almost say, well, it's more defense. No, it's not. If they have the number one defense, but they're still they're an offensive minded team. Kansas City for sure. Um, you gotta go that way with the Bengals. And and Philadelphia also, so I, I want an offensive minded coach, and now we got one. Uh, we we know what the defensive coaches can do. Now it's time to see what an offensive coach can do. Yeah, I think if you if you look at uh, what the team just how the team is constructed right now, right? Like I think if you look at the team's roster construction right now, uh, it is a very good defense, but. I I want I want San Francisco's setup, right? Like I want a guy who knows how to develop quarterbacks. I think we can say that Brock Purdy is starting in the NFC Championship as a rook this year. Uh Christian McCaffrey left us went to San Francisco, has had a bit of a career rebirth out there on the West Coast. Debo Samuels is one of the most dangerous weapons overall in the NFL because of all that. And they went and found a guy in D'Amico Ryans to play the role of defensive coordinator who took a very good defensive roster and made them great. And I, I, I think that's the setup that most of us, maybe not all, but I think that's the setup that most of us wanted uh, to try out because we've got enough talent on the offensive side of the ball that if we get the head coach and plug in the right quarterback or Matt Corral, perhaps develop the right quarterback, we can kind of follow to some degree in that mold of the San Francisco 49ers. And listen, I think Frank Reich 
can absolutely say that that's him to a T, right? I think the other aspect of it that we have talked here about is, you know, Steve Wilkes had one thing going for him, and it was the fact that he won the locker room over. He gelled the locker room together and built a good locker room that wanted to be around him and play for him. And that is a massive aspect of it. Well, Frank Reich, from everything I've been able to to find out, Frank Reich has done that in the past, right? When he got let go, and, and I remember when he got fired uh, back in, what was it, week nine, week 10, Lonzo, I remember talking about it on the air and going through and reading message board comments from Colts fans who were furious about it because they were bought in with Frank Reich. Uh, I remember seeing, if I recall correctly, a couple of different Colts players who had the, uh, shall we say, stones to speak out about disappointment as well. What Steve Wilkes did that could have earned him the job, Frank Reich has done as well. But Frank Reich can also attach a plus 500 record and a string of quarterback successes to that plus 500 record. And that made him the better guy for the job. I get I get the team being disappointed that their guy didn't get the job. You know, you've been – I know I have, and I'm sure you have, and I'm sure the listeners have been in a position where there's a guy that works with you who deserves that promotion, and you, that's your guy. You back him. You go to the management and go, hey, man, I know this job's open. You need to give it to this guy. This guy works hard. He's our guy. He's our buddy. Uh, we think he needs needs the job, and then he doesn't get the job. It happens in every walk of life, every level of employment. It just does. But there's also uh, a lot of times where a company will have a change in direction as far as how they're how they're approaching things, and the fact that the Panthers are approaching going offense first. I think it's it's a good deal. And the other thing is, as much as the players love Wilkes, from my understanding. He wasn't even in the top two. I know that Steve Wilkes got a second interview. I know Frank Reich obviously got a second interview. I've seen a um, lot of sources say Frank Reich first, D'Amico Ryan second. That's fair. And and again, uh, I also know that from what I understand, D'Amico is kind of drilled down on either going back to Houston. Remember, that's where he played during his very, very good career or just staying in San Francisco one more year and seeing if a better job opens up for him. Look, all that uh, is kind of irrelevant. Frank Wright got the job, and I think, Lonzo, as many disagreements as you have and I had have, have had about Steve Wilkes, about players, about tactics, all of that, I think you and I both agree that of the candidates that were remaining, if it wasn't going to be Peyton or Harbaugh, Reich coming out of left field kind of worked out to be a pretty good hire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Without, without a doubt. Um, when, when we heard the announcement, it's like, oh, okay, cool. I, I mean, cause didn't expect it to happen. And then it did happen. And I'm like, I'm, I'm really excited about it for, for now, at least on this day, what day it is one twenty seven, twenty twenty three. Rob and I agree that we like the hire. Ladies and gentlemen, Stop the presses, write it down. History has happened. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Views for Mystery podcast rolls on. If you haven't done it yet, ladies and gentlemen, please do us a favor, would you? Make our days heart signed with the hands and click the subscribe button for the Views from Entry podcast wherever you get your podcast. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Play, or for free on the Odyssey app, click that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode of the Views from Mint Street podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into Lonzo. What I think is going to, and and, and right now it's not, but I think it is going to develop into uh, not only a very sensitive topic, but a topic that is going to be interesting to talk about and perhaps at times even a little difficult to talk about. Right after the announcement that Frank Reich would be the next head coach of the Carolina Panthers, there were two messages that went up within a handful of hours. The first was a post that went up from the law firm that represents uh, Steve Wilkes, the the young man who did not get the head coaching job. Uh, That post went up and said, and I'm not going to quote it, A, because I don't have it directly in front of me, uh, and B, because it's very long, but it basically and effectively said, we feel like Wilkes should have gotten the job. Wilkes did a good job during his time as the HC, and we believe he would have done a great job as HC, and the NFL has a problem with racism in hiring its coaches. The second message that went up was from Steve Wilkes himself. I will read his, and I want to see if you pick out not what he did say, but what he didn't say in his post. He said, quote, the sun rose this morning, and by the grace of God, so did I. I'm disappointed, but not defeated. Many people aren't built for this, but I know what it means to persevere and see it through. It was an honor for me to coach those men in the Carolina Panthers locker room as the interim head coach. Players, coaches, and staff, thank you for your hard work and dedication. I took pride in representing Charlotte, a great city that I love so much. Thank you to my family, friends, and the community for your overwhelming support. I do wish Frank Reich all the best. I will always be a fan of the Carolina Panthers football team. Hashtag keep pounding, end quote. I found it very interesting, Lonzo. He forgot to thank somebody. Correct. Like the uh, the guy who writes the checks. No thank you to the owner. No thank you to the GM. He thanked the players. He thanked his coaches. He thanked the fans, his family, and his friends. No mention of, Pe- of Tepper. No mention of uh, of Scott Fitterer. And for him to leave them out at the same time that his attorney came out and said, hey, this was a screwed up move. There is elements of racism in the hiring process of the National Football League. And we are going to have more to say about this in the near future. Uh, I don't know that there is litigation coming. And frankly, if we're being honest, and I'm not an attorney, nor did I stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, I don't know 
that any litigation could even be successful that was brought against the Carolina Panthers. What I do know is that last year or two years ago, the Miami Dolphins got elevated into a similar situation. They were going for their new head coach. Brian Flores had been a member of the organization. There was some stuff that happened away from the locker room or is alleged to have happened away from the locker room. Brian Flores did not get the head coaching job. In fact, he wasn't even brought on as a coach, uh, ended up leaving Miami. And there have been thoughts of and first acts on litigation in that case. I don't know if there is going to be any brought against the Panthers. I will say this. I think Frank Reich is a better coach than Steve Wilkes, and that is coming from somebody who has been advocating for Steve Wilkes to get the job for some time. I think Frank Reich becomes a better option, and I think Frank Reich didn't become an option until later in the process. Do I think that there is some element of racism when it comes to black coaches in the National Football League? Completely, entirely, and fully, yes, I do. But I think the reason that these discussions are so difficult to have is that you you end up with situations like this one where we have asked a number of of friends of ours and media members within this organization or, or that cover this organization over the past 24 hours, do you think Reich was a better option than Wilkes? And most everybody, with a couple of rare exceptions, has said yes. The only thing I hate about this situation is that because of a problem that I do view as real in the NFL, racism and hiring practices for the coaching positions, I do believe that is real, but it crosses over with a situation where I also feel Frank Reich was the better option for the future and long-term success of the Carolina Panthers. The problem is there are going to be people on both extremes of this of this discussion, and if litigation gets brought by the Steve Wilkes camp against the Carolina Panthers, the Panthers to a large population of people are going to be viewed as bad guys for making the decision that they made, even though the overwhelming majority of us that cover the team truly believe that Frank Reich was a better option as HC. It is, uh, it's such a touchy subject. It's really hard to address. In the end, to me, I think you judge someone on their character and you judge someone on their record. We don't know what the interactions were between Tepper and Wilkes. Um, we don't know how he, how good of an interviewer he is. I, I mean, we don't know. He may have went in there with an attitude. We don't know any of that. What we do know is as a coach, he was inconsistent. And you can blame it on whatever you want to blame it on. In the end, he was the head guy. He was given the reins and was able to do whatever he wanted, including hiring excuse me, and firing of uh, assistant coaches. He would look good one game, look bad the next game. Look good one game, look bad the next game. If I'm the owner and I'm looking at that, that's the first thing I'm going to ask him. Why weren't you consistent? Why Why didn't the team get better and better and better? And some will say it did, but it did not because there was no consistency. I think Steve Wilkes had a a uh, an interview process that was two-thirds of a season. That was his interview. If he wins the NFC South, he's a coach. He didn't do that. He had the opportunity a couple times, couldn't get it done because the coaching was inconsistent. 
in the end, the Panthers start winning with Frank Reich. People are going to forget about Steve Wilkes. That's just how sports work. I will uh, <clears throat> I will say that the, the, the word inconsistency, even as a guy who was on board with Steve Wilkes as the potential head coach, the word inconsistency is more than fair. I completely agree with that. I will make to some degree the argument that taking over Matt Rule's team with Matt Rule's coaching staff, uh, I think he did a good job. I think he navigated us to a good spot with the tools on hand. But I would also argue that when I look at a game like the game against Detroit, where we look like a dominant NFC football program, and then two weeks later, I look at the game against Tampa Bay on the road where we just got it handed to us, we saw what we were capable of against Detroit, and don't sit here and try to tell me that Tampa at 8-9 and nine was somehow that much better than Detroit. We saw what we were capable of against Detroit, and then we turned around and just screwed the pooch against Tampa. I agree with you that that was a bad look for Wilkes, right? I agree with that entirely. I also agree, like I said, the other side of the coin. I look at what happened with Steve Wilkes in Arizona, where he took over. He got one year as the head coach. He was told who was going to be his quarterback, not allowed to get one. He was told what his roster was going to look like, not allowed to build it. He got one year. He got canned. They brought in Cliff Kingsbury. Now, same argument. Cliff Kingsbury came in. Cliff Kingsbury had some success at Arizona up until this year when he got canned. And trust me, they didn't can Cliff Kingsbury because they suddenly think he's a bad coach. They canned Cliff Kingsbury because he and Kyler Murray butted heads and they got too much money wrapped up in Kyler Murray not to make Kyler Murray happy with the situation. That's why he's gone. But it is fair to ask the question, why did Wilkes not get a second year? Why did Cling, uh, Cliff Kingsbury get one? There are plenty of times and situations where I think it's absolutely fair to ask questions about diverse hiring practices in the NFL I can't say that this is one because, A, I don't see a, an emerging pattern of this being a problem with the Carolina Panthers specifically. And because, B, like I said, looking on resume, looking at accomplishments, even if Steve Wilkes doesn't have as many accomplishments because he hasn't been afforded the opportunity to gain those accomplishments, what we can talk about is the performance on the of the Panthers on the field, which was better than it ever was under Matt Rule, but it was inconsistent as hell, whereas Frank Wright, we've seen his track record, developing quarterbacks, developing offense, et cetera. He is above 500, the only coach in the division to do that. I do think there is a problem with the NFL's hiring practices, but I truly objectively feel like Frank Wright was the better hire for the Carolina Panthers, and that is why I'm going to be very, very interested to see if Wilkes attorneys do file litigation against the Panthers or the NFL and hear what that conversation looks like moving forwards. The Views from Midstreet Podcast rolls on, ladies and gentlemen. I am Rob Brown, the great one, Lonzo Wright. So my co-host, my partner in crime on the other side of the metaphorical glass. Hey, again, if you haven't done it yet, we would appreciate not only for you to subscribe to the Views from Midstreet Podcast, wherever major podcasts are found on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Apple iTunes, or free on the Odyssey app, but share us around in your social media circle. If you've got one friend out there who's a cat fan, send 
them the pod so they can be a part of helping us grow the community, helping us grow the conversation. Uh, I will say one last thing while I'm thinking about it. I meant to bring this up before we ended the last segment, but it is what it is. Uh, I do wonder, and I suspect this is off the table now. I suspect this is likely not a possibility. So I would have been very happy for Steve Wilkes to stay on board as our defensive coordinator. I'd have been very happy for Steve Wilkes to stay on board as an assistant head coach and defensive coordinator. I think that would have been a great fit. And I think having those two minds together would have gone a very long way into developing this football team further. Uh, That being said, it is likely going to be a bit disappointing that that is no longer a possibility if Wilkes truly is done with the Carolina Panthers because he saw not getting the job as a slight. Well, I mean, when the lawyers get involved, you're pretty much done, aren't you? I I mean, that's a because you can the lawyers work for you. In this case, the lawyers work for for Steve Wilkes. He could have said, "Nah, nah, nah, don't do that, man. I'm I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to play this that way. Uh, we'll we'll move on to a, to an, another job somewhere else, or even right here." But he allowed the lawyers to speak. That means there is no way he stays with Carolina. He, he is gone, and uh, I hope he lands somewhere. I do. I, I think he's a, I think he's a pretty good defensive coordinator. I'm just not sold on him being a head coach. There are a lot of really good coordinators out there who try their hand at head coach and they just can't do it. All right, let's talk about what's next for this team. What is coming up after the hiring of Frank Reich as the next head coach of the Panthers? I had a chance today uh, to talk to a gentleman that covers the Colts uh, for a blog out of Indy after our show went off the air. And just kind of kick it back and forth uh, with him, his experience of of covering Frank Reich up in Indianapolis during his time there. And he gave me some thoughts about Frank Reich. Some I found very interesting. Sure, some some I have a concern about, right? I mean, listen, it's a new guy on the job. Of course, there's going to be some concerns. Uh, I was told when it comes to quarterback, because that's been our big conversation, right? Uh, and, and in fact, the next couple of pods, as we now have a head coach and start making our way towards the NFL draft, we will spend quite a bit of time breaking down quarterbacks, breaking down players that could be drafted by the Panthers, uh, draft strategy, et cetera, et cetera. But we got to talking about quarterback and kind of what Frank Wright values in a quarterback. And what I got told is that Reich is a dude that loves to focus in his passing coordinated game, loves to focus on passes over the middle and the occasional deep shot built. He likes big, tall, wide receivers who can block on the edge. He likes receivers that have big frames so that they can protect the football because he's not going to throw a ton of shots deep. He will win. Defenses start cheating the middle, but he told me that The other aspect of that is, especially if you look through the history of quarterbacks that Frank Reich has been successful with, the ones he's been successful with uh, are predominantly the guys that have uh, some level of height and girth. They've got some stature to them. 
not really skinny mobile quarterbacks, but guys who can stand in the pocket, absorb a little contact, and get the ball over the top. And predominantly that is because Frank Wright uses a lot of mesh concept football, right? Like it's not really an RPO, but there are some RPOs in it. It is kind of a a, a real hefty mix of both. And so with those mesh concepts, you've got to plan on a lot of crossing routes over the middle because you're trying to pull defenses towards you by having a, a, a run fake, followed by a very quick play action over the middle. If you can get the linebackers to come up and attack the run, you got to have a guy who can develop the football rapidly over the middle of the field. Uh, So he's looking for guys that are very good at possession, and he's looking for quarterbacks that have frame, can eat up contact, and can kind of push through that and still end up making big throws. I don't know if Matt Corral is really that guy, right? Like I, 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 yeah, don't I think, know. I think we, I think we both know the one guy on the team that kind of fits that mold and I'm not liking the direction you're going. I mean, if we're being honest, the one That's guy the, on the, on the roster is Sam Darnold. You just, you describe Sam Darnold to a team. Yeah, that you is did. correct. So the what's next portion of this before we get to coordinators and assistant coaches, of course, is, does this mean Sammy D gets another ride with the cats? Because based on my brief film studies since yesterday, based on my conversation with friends of mine in the media that cover the Colts, Sam Darnold absolutely fits the quarterback profile that Frank Reich has been uh, successful with almost to a T it's, it's, it's kind of the direction that he likes to go there and Sam Darnold fits in that. And on top of that, as you and I have both pointed out, Lonzo, we've seen some games, more games that we haven't than we have, but we have seen some games where Sam Darnold has done that. He's taking contact. He's been able to run the ball. He's been able to deliver the football, even through contact. Uh, And Frank Reich is a guy who has given some guys that were considered fall offs some of the better years of their career, right? Carson Wentz is in that group, for instance. Uh, Everybody thought when Phil Rivers left the then San Diego Chargers to go to Indy that he was going to wash out, had a pretty good year under Frank Wright. He has taken guys who were supposedly done at that position and given them, maybe not Pro Bowl years, but career years of theirs, I don't know that Sam Darnold's not going to get another ride unless a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud end up tumbling down the draft board to that five, six, seven range and become a little less expensive in terms of draft capital. I, uh, I don't like anything you've said in the last five minutes of this podcast. And uh, I'm trying to expunge it from my brain. I don't know if I could possibly do that. I am. Not not a Sam Darnold hater, but I love me some C.J. Stroud. And I'm willing to straight up Mike Dicka the whole thing and just trade them all for C.J. Stroud. Is that unrealistic? No, I don't think so. I I don't think so. I think C.J. Stroud is that good. I think he's better than any quarterback that's on the roster right now whether they fit the mold that Frank Reich wants or not. 
because a good coach will adjust to the talent that they have. And that's talent up there. And if you can go get that talent, you should go get that talent. Um, if you, if, if, if he's going to do what you were talking about, as far as how he sets up the offense, he's already got all those pieces. So what are you going to use the draft picks for? Defense, yeah, you should do that. Or you trade three or four of them and go up and get the quarterback. So there's there's another thing that comes into play there, which is, as we mentioned, again, if you believe that scouting analysis of Frank Reich and his success, I don't see C.J. Stroud and Carson Wentz. I don't see C.J. Stroud and Phillip Rivers. I don't see C.J. Stroud and Andrew Luck. I don't see C.J. Stroud and any of the quarterbacks that Frank Reich has had success with during his time as an NFL coach. Now, that's not to say that he would not have success with a guy like C.J. Stroud. I'm saying C.J. Stroud doesn't fit the profile that Frank Reich has had success with uh, during the course of his career in earning the only plus 500 record in the NFC South as it stands right now. Um, So I, I get a bit worried about that. I will tell you who just became much more interesting to me. And it was a guy that three days ago, I'd have said absolutely not. In fact, I'd have said, if you want this guy, trade back 10, 11 spots, and he'll still be there. It's that big of a reach. But who becomes very interesting to me now, Lonzo, is Anthony Richardson, the six foot three, 220-pound running quarterback out of the University of Florida, who I still think is a reach at number nine overall, but he much more closely fits the mold of the offense Frank Reich likes to run the style he likes to run. He gives you the option as a running quarterback, very similar, I think, to what Jalen Hurts is doing for Philadelphia right now. He's going to take a little bit more development than a Will Levis. He's going to take more development than a CJ Stroud or a Bryce Young. But I think if you give me one year with Sam Darnold, with Anthony Richardson learning the game for a year, He could be a project that could completely bust and flame out and waste the ninth overall pick. Or Frank Wright turns him into a hybrid Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts monster, and we got a dynasty on our hands. Or maybe, because we don't know who this is going to be, whoever the offensive coordinator is comes in and brings his own thing, and Frank Wright just, just concentrates on the quarterback. Yeah, but like you got to have. I mean, I, well, well, you're gonna. I mean, getting one. Make no mistake. Frank Reich is the offensive coordinator. All right, he'll have a guy who helps him scheme and game plan and all that. Frank Reich is the offensive coordinator of this team now. I believe that. We'll see. We'll see. No, no, I agree, and and that's probably how it should be. But if he brings in a guy who convinces him, hey, this is. I'm not going to say transcendent, but this is an opportunity for an excellent athlete in in cj stroud we need to go up and get him and and maybe maybe his offensive philosophy changes a little bit according to the talent he has probably the closest thing to to this in my opinion um would be uh andrew luck because andrew luck had and i'm not saying that cj stroud is going to be as good as andrew luck potentially would have been if he hadn't retired 
but I think he's on that level with him. And I don't, and other than Andrew Luck, I don't think that Frank Reich has had a quarterback like that. And he could get one if he's willing to trade it all away and move up and get CJ Stroud. Big ask, man. Big ask. That's a that's a lot of capital no, and a lot of big other ask. spots it's that the you can address. Do. It's a thing to do. You want to endear yourself to Carolina fans. I know it doesn't matter, but it helps. You want you want the bank full. You want you want you want excitement. CJ Stroud will bring you all of that. We're going to find out, ladies and gentlemen. We are now, what, inside of two months away from the beginning of the NFL's 2023 draft. Uh, we will put this episode to bed. We'll be back on Tuesday of next week with the next episode in which we will likely have a little bit of direction. CJ. You are really optimistic right now. I like it. I like it. Uh, <laughs> we will be back next uh, Tuesday. In the next episode, I suspect we'll at least have a bit of an idea of what the offensive staff and defensive staff are going to look like. Frank Wright, I will say this before we sign off, and I appreciated this. Frank Wright got asked in his in his opening uh, interview up there in Charlotte, what is your plan for filling out your staff? And he said, listen, I'm not just calling up my buddies. I'm here to build a good staff. And that, listen, Get rid of the nepotism and hire me a damn football staff is what I'm looking for. And Frank Reich sounds like he's moving that direction. So hopefully by next Tuesday, we will have at least the first few names that could be rounding out that staff. Lonzo, before we get out of here, other than CJ, 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 any final words for the people? Channel your answer, Dicka. Trade it all the way for CJ. Uh... Ask the Saints how that worked a few years back, and we'll see how it goes. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the great one, Lonzo Reitzel. My name is Rob Brown. We're back next Tuesday with another episode of the Views from Mint Street Podcast. Keep pounding, baby.